This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news, today's talk. 640 Toronto. This uh, debate about police voting from three years ago. You know, Alex Pearson asked me about it on her show yesterday, and I understood the question. I think I... (laughs) I think in true political fashion, I danced around it. But of course, she asked me, well, should we judge candidates based on, you know, what they thought prior to circumstances? I'm like, well, yeah, absolutely. Now, I think what she was getting at was there are different levels of doing that. And when it comes to how these Toronto mayoral candidates thought about the police three summers ago, I think we have to understand the heightened times we were living in. We'd gotten basically our uh, our doors kicked in by COVID, not understanding it, restrictions. People were like, am I going to lose my entire savings? What, am I going to bring a fatal disease home to my family? We were all staying away from each other. It's nobody wants to relive it. Nobody wants to relive it and, and rehash it. I think every time that someone asks me about it, even that that is a friend or we talk about it on a Saturday night in somebody's backyard or go out for dinner with another couple. The concepts are more, wow, we did that? We, we did those things? And how do we make sure we don't do some of them? Some might say most of them. Some might only say a few of them, again. But it was such heightened times that we still talked about crime and policing then. And why was that? Well, in the city of Toronto, it felt like things were getting to a fever pitch. There were issues of questioning whether or not a a police department led by Mark Saunders was a little too aggressive, aggressive in terms of attending um, domestic disputes, aggressive in terms of attending mental health crises. And then obviously what happened to George Floyd happened. He's murdered by four Minneapolis police officers. There isn't much doubt about that. The uh, judge and jury wasted very little time in uh, uh, convicting Derek Chauvin. He's the one with the knee to the neck. And the other three, I think, are still still have some um, machinations going on in the legal system based on the fact they stood around and and did nothing. But yesterday, Mark Saunders and Anna Bailau had a little bit of a back and forth, as did Mark Saunders and Josh Matlow, when it came to public safety. So um, Mark Saunders is going there, and I don't know whether he's just going to, like a whack-a-mole, pop his head up, you know, that game where you have the, the big thing and you try and win prizes. What it, There's some great versions of whack-a-mole at Wonderland. There really are. Um, pop up, say something, go back down a couple days. Pop back up. Hey, Anna Bailout's got a radical voting record. Disappear once again. And back and forth and back and forth. And yesterday, the Bilo campaign fired back and said Saunders has a terrible track record as chief. And it is fair to ask because we'll get to this defund the police argument from uh, 2020. It is fair to say, if you just left your job two and a half years ago, and your main job, not your only job, but your main job was to make sure that the city wasn't um, crime-ridden and people didn't feel unsafe, that was your job. And now you're saying, well, the city is crime-ridden and people don't feel safe. You You are that person. You are that person that had an element of wielding the hammer to control that to some extent. Let me play you some of what was the conversation in 2020, because Josh Madlow's coming under fire. So is Anna Bailau. Brad Bradford did the same thing. They wanted to cut the police budget by 10 percent. Here's Josh Madlow's explanation from three summers ago. Maybe we don't need police to do certain tasks and where there might be alternatives to policing that might be able to de-escalate 
a situation better than having somebody with a uniform and a gun be the first person to arrive. And we've seen incidents that have turned into tragedies uh, with our, you know, our communities, including people who are black, indigenous and people of color. Okay, it's really too bad that the slogan defund the police got anywhere. I knew it right away that it was really clunky, unwieldy, and it really didn't talk about the idea that, well, no, that doesn't mean that because that feels like it's a step to being abolished. Many things are defunded. If you have a pay cut in your job at some point in time, you've been defunded. If you pay less for, I don't know, alimony or child support, well, you're defunding your former partner or your child. Many things end up getting defunded. You stop paying a car. uh, You you finish your car loan payment. Guess what? The car loan company that gets your money is defunded. But I think people understood that to be abolish the police. They're bad. They They are bad. They're historically oppressive. They are violent. We can protect people. We can handle many things ourselves. Well, we can't. And that's fairly obvious. And even when you reform police departments, it often does not work. Now, again, we'd love for police to police themselves better. If there's levels of police misconduct that are problematic, absolutely. Can we find a hybrid situation where uh, nonviolent scenarios aren't intended by SWAT teams, but by someone to protect a mental health worker? You go out in pairs, okay? We're not talking uh, lethal weapon, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover pairs, but the idea that they should have been disbanded was really bad news for the conversation. We'll see where this goes today. I think this isn't done, and I think there's going to be a pushback saying we, we just were at a different time right now. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news, today's talk. 640 Toronto. Kind of the story of the morning is has been broken wide open by Ben Spur, um, City Hall Bureau uh, Chief for the Toronto Star. And the headline, the, the, the sub-headline's worse than the headline. Everybody inside Toronto sweetheart deal with MLSE to host 2026 World Cup. And I bet you're wondering who gets to be the sweetheart. Who's the sweetie? Is it the city that's a billion dollars in debt? Or is it the company that prints off a billion dollars a year? Close to that of profit. You guessed it. The sub headline taxpayers will pay for improvements to BMO field and other hosting costs while reimbursing MLSE for any lost revenue or expenditures. Sound good? Here's my question to you. Here's my question to you. And I I hesitated asking this because nobody likes to have something nice given to them and then ripped away. What if we just abandoned this? What if we said, that's it? What if the new mayor in July says, I want out? This is 36 months away. Not a single improvement's been done. The draw's not even ready. We're out on the World Cup. Because it's going to cost you, the taxpayer, too much. What if a mayoral candidate promised that before June 26th? How's that land for you? I don't like giving up nice stuff. I don't. But you tell me how that lands. This is a crappy deal. I'm telling you because I've never seen anything quite like it with hosting Super Bowls or Olympics or Euros or anything. And I'll explain more why as we continue on. I'd love to hear a human voice on this explain to me that, no, we've dug in regardless of cost. Because I don't think we can say that about anything in this era we're living in right now. And I'd love to hear somebody say, I want out. I love soccer. I love soccer. You know this. And I'm really excited that this could happen in our city. We're going to have a new mayor. 
Well, we have the same premier. The mayoral election and the premier election will both be in 2026. We might have a new prime minister, a new mayor, and a new premier by that. You don't, we don't know. But I would look at this scenario and say, MLSE, like I swear, I, the city officials must have left the meeting or hung up on the Zoom call or left the conference room and the MLSE folks looked at each other with that smile Michael Douglas has throughout 85% of Wall Street. We got them. They bought it. There's no other explanation for me. They get the profits, most of them, if they're made. And if there's a loss, unlike in any other entity MLSE would support. You spend too much on the Leafs, nobody comes. Too bad. You spend too much on the Raptors, you're a a 20 and 62 team, 11,000 people are at Scotiabank Arena. You got to lower ticket prices, you lose money. Too bad. So they're used to taking risks. You might not think so. I know the Leafs are the most bulletproof sports franchise on the planet, maybe except for the New York Knicks, maybe except for them, in that performance does not matter. Performance does not seem to matter. And there's lots of myths about the Leafs as well. Like, oh, they don't even care if they do well. Yeah, they want to do well. They, they you've seen, Can you imagine what Stanley Cup final tickets would be? Can you imagine how much merch they would sell? Did you live here in 1993? Because I came up to games in 1993. I've never seen anything like it. 2002, never seen anything like it. But this is a terrible deal for the city. And why am I suspicious that the former mayor, a former CEO of Rogers, paid $100,000 a year by Rogers, pretty friendly with all those types, basically gave up something in terms of leverage and influence that no mayor should have. I'm telling you, I've never seen a deal quite like this. Like, it's a bad deal for the city. And I wouldn't blame, I would not blame a mayoral candidate saying, four days from now, let's say, I've looked at it. This is no good. We want out. We want out. We don't want the World Cup. We got rooked. I don't mind if somebody says that. I think it's, I'm going to listen and entertain that. And usually I don't. I'm like, too bad. You signed it. You said it. You're on the hook. That's that. Ken, wanted to get to you first. Go ahead, Ken. Thanks for calling. Good morning. What's happening? Absolutely not. I'm not settling for this, and I wouldn't agree to this. Because you know why? At the end of the day, MLSNE, let's say their lease is terminated, it ends, they walk away. They're going to leave us with a field that needs millions, if not tens of millions of dollars in repairs. We got to fix that. We give them $300 million, and you know what they're going to say? Oh, we did lose money. So I'm sorry, I'm not settling for that. Only if they say they put half the money, we put half the money. Because every time we do rentals to that field, they seem to be the only ones reaping the benefits by charging people 17 bucks a beer or 8 bucks a hot dog, 10 bucks a hot dog. That's right, that's right. And listen, listen, Why did, you make a great point. Why are hot dogs 8 bucks? Because people buy them. Why is beer 12 bucks? Because people buy them. Why are concert tickets this? Why are Raptors tickets for tonight this? Because if there were 8,000 people there, they'd lower the prices. But they don't have any problem finding people to pay. I have a problem when it's public dollars. This is why last week I said, I don't, I care a lot less about Galen Weston's bonus and his salary than I do an $800,000 a year hospital executive who can't seem to manage his way out of, who couldn't make a profit with that hospital if you gave him 100 years to do it. I got more of a problem with that because you and I pay for that. You and I pay for excess things on the public uh, payroll. 
And we don't. I don't pay. I got nothing to do with Larry Tannenbaum and how much money MLSE makes unless I go to the games and go to the concerts and buy the beers and hot dogs. But I don't have to. Tax dollars are something completely and totally different. And this thing is absolutely bizarre to me how Toronto said, oh, we'll cover any revenue losses for the Argos or Toronto FC, including temporarily moving the franchises. They're expected to be displaced for about six weeks. Well, Toronto FC is going to play for three of those six weeks. And um, no, sorry, pack your suitcase, hit the road, and go play the New England Revolution, New York Red Bull, and Atlanta FC. What did the Blue Jays just do? They went on the road for 10 days. Why? Because their stadium, they were, they were worried their stadium wouldn't be ready. And by the way, why are all the flowers and praise going to the Blue Jays right now? Because it's their own private money for the $300 million of repair. Almost shocking now when you see a story like this that that was the case. Cam, thanks for the phone call. You're on 640 Toronto. You go right ahead. During the cost, you said it was $300 million, so you have to add on to that because you know it's not going to come in at $300 million. So you have to make a billion dollars in revenue for the 60-40 split. The city at $300 million makes $100 million. So nobody's ever said how much revenue is projected and or guaranteed coming in to put this show on. So I'm, I'm lost. In terms of what? In terms of financial. Does the right. city come out of it making a profit? You stated that it was $300 million in upgrades to the stadium. Okay, so if it's a 64, I need to make a billion dollars in tourism dollars or outside dollars. If if MLS gets uh, MLSE mm-hmm. gets 60 and the city gets 40, okay, 60, 40 split on a billion dollars. Are we making a billion dollars worth of revenue to put taxpayer funded in throughout the city? No chance. No, I, I think no chance, Cam, but you're right. That's worth watching. Some of this is going to be what are the matches. Some of this is going to be what's the weather like for when the matches are around. How cool will the fan parks be? Will there end up being a little bit of a buzz? Because that's going to be part of it. People will just come here whether they have tickets for the game or not. I'm going to tell you that about World Cups and Euros. I've been to enough of them that I know that people will come and it doesn't have the crowded infrastructure and and busyness in a negative way that the Olympics do. It doesn't. And again, we don't have to build a lot of new things. We have to do less renovation and building than we did for the Pan Am Games. But we weren't, you know, sharing profits with a private billion dollar company for the Pan Am Games. We weren't. We were giving back to the communities with swimming pools that people can use for 50 years um, and gymnastics halls that people can use for a half century. Tom, you go right ahead. Pleasure. Thank you. Sure. Um, I have a feeling there's a lot of holes here that need to be filled, like you were sort of saying. But if I were in power, I would definitely go to MLSE knowing that they have the infrastructure, the personnel to deliver this product amazingly. Because if the city were to do it, we all know what happens when the public (laughs) sector decides. You're right. When the public sector decides, okay, let's do this, guys. Yay. Let's hire this person, this person for X many hundreds of thousands of dollars. So we know that right now. We know MLSE will be able to pull this off because they have the experience. I would much rather see this in public, ha- or sorry, in private hands, delivering the product that they're used to delivering for years than in the city's hands because we know the city will absolutely lose money. I know you're right. I, and I know we need them, Tom. You, you have nailed every single scenario. I think there's two questions. One, 
the way you laid it out is the way I lay it out. But MLSE makes half the revenue. They put in no money and they get all their costs back. They risk nothing. They get something. So it's a bad deal. But you're right. The, the, Toronto had to push harder. Toronto had to work with MLSE. They just did it. They either did a crappy job of negotiating or or honestly, it's a it's a John Tory deal with his buddies. And he sold us out. It's one or the other. Yeah, I wouldn't see it that way. I would see it more like okay. the MLSE. They have already got the people employed. So they have the infrastructure there. Toronto would have to start from scratch. That's the whole sort of building blocks that we're negating to talk about that would cost a huge amount of money I in he- my mind. Absolutely. I-, I hear you, but that's where I push back at the table if I'm with the city of Toronto and I say, if you want half the revenue, put money in. We're putting, like, all the infrastructure is going to have a check or whatever, direct deposit, from the city of Toronto. And none from MLSE. But they get half the revenue because they're going to, you're right, utilize their expertise. And and it's their it, it it's their facility. This idea of, I got it, I'd kill to see the fine print. How are you compensating the Toronto Argonauts who could set off like a cannon in this city and nobody would pay attention to anything that they did? How are you compensating a CFL team that 5,000 people go see on a beautiful night? I don't understand that one for the life of me. This is a terrible negotiation or it's a nefarious negotiation, but there's not a third option. I like, again, I, I don't know everything. Sometimes I got to get up to speed on, on an issue. I do the best that I can. I know this stuff. Nobody else is on the radio right now in this time slot that knows what I know about how these deals work. And I don't get to say that very often. So anybody else is just pie in the sky speculating. This is a very bad, this is a unprecedentedly bad deal. And you have to wonder why. Felix, thanks for the phone call. You're on 640 Toronto. Go right ahead. I don't understand why MLSC is not, doesn't want to give back to the community. I mean, if you go to a Leaf game, I mean, everything is just so overpriced. You know, and the city's the ones going to foot the bill. And MLSC is gonna is gonna benefit from it. No, they gotta put some stake into it. They gotta give back to the community. I mean, like the other callers said, they have the expertise, they have the infrastructure, they have the people. Why not split it? You nailed it. And, I and mean, they're with, basically a project manager and sending a freelance bill to the city. The city's putting in twenty five million dollars, and you know, and I know, Felix. If they say they're putting in twenty five, they're gonna have to put in forty. Costs won't go under the estimate. They'll go over the estimate. And MLSE sits there and says, do this, do that, hire him, hire her, and 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 that's how this is going to work. And it doesn't. That's not, a, that's not an equitable deal. Not by a long shot. Well, forget the tax. <laughs> Who can forget? Who can forget the tax? But yeah, there's no onus on MLSE to say, hey, upgrades, city of Toronto. Chop, chop, where are you? Hey, you missed the deadline. MLSE is going to chastise the city if the deadline gets missed. Cost overrun, not our problem. Blame the city. Yeah, I know, but MLSE, you're managing the project and you asked for this and that. Well, that's not our problem. It's a bad deal. It's just a bad deal. Again, it's either terrible negotiation or nefarious negotiation. There's not a third option. Those are the words I got. I Tell me I'm wrong. Nathan, thanks for the phone call. I wanted to get you in. You're on 640 Toronto. Go right ahead. No, you're... You are right. <laughs> there is there is no there's no other way to put it. How it, there's it's so much deeper than that though. It's it's really, you know, it's let's feel sucking and spitting at the same sucking and blowing at the same time. We're gonna 
we're going to suck at what we do. We're going to suck at making deals, but we're going to blow hard about not having any money. We're not going to have, we have no money for this. We have no money for that. We can't, we can't afford to fix the roads. We can't afford the police, the subways. We can't, we can't afford to house homeless people. Uh, but check this out. We're making this great, this deal. I like what, where is the checks and balances? Man? Where are the check? You nailed it. Where are the checks and balances? And again, let me circle back to what this means in the mayoral race. I'm telling you right now, and I'm going to be a, a person of my word here. A mayoral candidate comes out and says, I don't want these. I'm just fine. Josh Mallow told us. He goes, I've just found out about this now. He didn't say nearly spit up his coffee, but he was making his coffee. Um, maybe when he sees some of the fine print, he'll spit it up. It's it's. I think it's only going to get worse and not better. You always say that. Is something getting bigger or smaller? Better or worse? And I have no problem with a mayoral candidate saying, I want out. And call MLSE out. If they're a real partner, if they're a benevolent partner in this, if they're here for good and not evil, okay? If they're not Emperor Palpatine, then call them back and say, we're out unless this deal gets changed. I'm the new I'm going to be the new sheriff in town. You change this or I want out. I'd have no problem with the games not being here. I'd have no problem with the games not being here if these are the circumstances of the deal. This is no good. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. Are you in or out? Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. So are we in or out? You're out. You are over and out. No, 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 no. Insulted him a little bit. I'm okay with it, but now you're making me feel weird about it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> okay, I love this concept. I love this concept. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and now we find out this can happen locally. He was fed up by a pothole in his neighborhood. So Schwarzenegger, he's like 72, went into the neighborhood, and took a, a bag of of basically like cold concrete. And filled the damn pothole himself in downtown Los Angeles. Here's some of the occurrence. This is crazy. For three weeks I've been waiting for this hole to be closed. Yeah, that's not a clip from Commando or anything. No. Three weeks. I can't do the accent. But he tweeted, today after the whole neighborhood has been upset about this giant pothole that's been screwing up cars and bicycles for weeks, I went out with my team and fixed it. I always say, let's not complain. Let's do something about it. Here you go. Are you in or out? on doing your own potholes in your neighborhood. If I knew how to do it, I don't think we're allowed to, but I would do that. I think you'd get in huge trouble for doing it, but I'm in, I would do it. You would. Sheba, what would you say? I'm absolutely out, and I'll tell you why. One name, Addy Astell. Do you know who that is? No. Addy Astell was the guy who, Tom Riley Park in Etobicoke, there was... um. It was a very dangerous slope on a hill in the park, and he built stairs. He'd waited for the city. They had... One, he, so many neighbors had requested to build these stairs to get this. is a very dangerous area of the park, and they couldn't get up and down it. They were going up and down this this hill. So he built this these stairs. It cost him $550. He asked a homeless man to help him, and they did it in a matter of a few hours. They'd been asking the city for weeks, and uh, the city had estimated it would cost them yeah. $65,000 to $150,000 to do the job. He did it in 550 bucks. What happened after he did it? The city came down, tore it down, and said, no, it's a security hazard. We'll do it ourselves. Outrageous. So for Outrageous. that reason, I'm out. The city will just... And I wouldn't even know how to fill a pothole. You want you want attention? You want the show to get some pub? You getting a ticket for filling in a pothole in your neighborhood <laughs> in the middle of a four-lane road? I wow! Would, I would have no idea how to do that, but this because of yeah. Addy, there's no way I'm messing with the city. Okay, uh, our text on four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Gord, would you repair your own pothole on your street? We're not talking about your own property. 
Would you no. go out on your own street no. or a side street? Why? No, because uh, asphalt stinks. And it smell- uh, no, it doesn't. It- I think it smells great. <laughs> Okay, well, I got some on my pants yesterday. That's why you're in. I know. I think it stinks, and I'm lazy, and I don't want to do any manual labor. Uh, This from the city of Toronto. Okay, let us know what you think. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. You put the pothole. You put the asphalt down. You rake it into the pothole. You tamp it down. That looks like the most fun. It's like baking a cake. You smooth it out. The road surface improves. The job takes fifteen to twenty minutes. Um, they use cold mixed asphalt to make the roads safe. And we got a few texts in from people saying, I would absolutely do it. And it would get done way, way faster. I mean, we would pick garbage off of the street. So why can't we, why can't we take some cold, some hot asphalt or cold mixed asphalt out and take care of the roads? Yeah. I, I just feel like there's so many issues. Here's another one from Tony in North York. I disagree with you on this one, Greg. I'm all for helping out, but not when the city doesn't care to do their job after we have paid our taxes. I know, but the, I feel bad. I Don't you feel bad when you call, if you were to call your town office and someone actually, a live human being picked up the phone and you're like, there's a pothole in my street. Can you come and fix no. it? I don't know Brady about that. Brady Propair. No, not at all. Not at all. Like that's what they're there for. That's the whole point of it. I guess it is. I, and, and then where does it stop? You know, you get some guy who thinks he knows like uh, 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 hydro wires. Then he's up on a ladder, Gord, and he takes his I'll own repair. X-ray. I'll repair the neighborhood's power. Yeah, no. Oh, to go out during the game tonight? Okay. Uh, did you have a ladder? One of those uh, trucks that you can put the those guys standing in the buckets that they go up and down. Yeah, I don't think that's the technical pickers. term for it. Thank you. Yes, yeah. the cherry pickers. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. Six forty, Toronto. Today is uh, is going to be. I don't know what's going to happen at York Mills Collegiate. Um, Everybody knows that school pretty well. And uh, today is International Day of Pink. Here's what's happening at the school. Um, There is going to be a performer that is a drag performer at the school. Now, um, on International Day of Pink, there's a lot that's commemorating and it's meant to signify anti-bullying. There's two different versions of this. One's in February and one's now. Um, but there's also going to be a protest. I don't, I hate the idea that there's going to be a protest because I'll tell you why I'm not, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be allowed to protest, but we're, we're in this zone now and I don't know how we get out of it. We're in kind of an uncomfortable zone where if someone said to me, what's, what's it mean to be part of a community? I think there's shared trust. You have trust with your neighbors, right? You have trust. You certainly have trust in your own household. Then you go next door and you've got trust in your neighbors. And then you got trust with the people in your, in your subdivision or your apartment building. And I also, and then, and then hopefully, hopefully your local government. Okay. But there also has to be trust between parents and schools. And I worry we're at a really low ebb for that right now. I'm worried parents uh, think schools have an agenda that is different than some parents. And here's the other thing. I think schools sometimes look and think um, parents are being overreactionary and there's a political bent to it. So I think there's a vital relationship. I don't know how we get back to a better place, but let's let's put it this way. When when parents think schools aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, and that's teaching um, some element of trust is betrayed when um so when parents betray the trust of schools and make it about their politics specifically, they they rupture that vital relationship also. 
So to me, here's what I'd say. Anger's rarely productive. It's rarely, you're rarely at your best you when you are some kind of ticked off and you have a right to get ticked off about things. And then eventually you calm down. You're like, let me listen to what you were saying. And, and you have a grace to this. Um, I don't know where this is going to go. Here's what I know. I heard from an NDP teacher, an, a person who claims they're an NDP teacher at York Mills Collegiate. I have no way to vet this. But we talked for long enough on direct message that I'm going to I'm going to buy in and say that she teaches there. I'm going to buy in and, and, and guess that I'm that I'm not some form of a ruse here to suggest that she's someone she isn't and she does something she isn't. And she's just as more sad about this than anything. There's nothing really vitriolic about it. It's just why there's two factors. One is why is there a, a, a drag performance at, at York Mills and I guess in I guess in the gym? There's two things to me, and she brings up the board's facing budget cuts. Like they're all looking at each other, going, "Which one of us is gone?" That's her perspective on this. And by the way, she'd never. She told me I'd never vote for Doug Ford in a million trillion years. So this isn't about politics for her. It's not. But she looks and says, "We're facing budget cuts as an education unit." can't spend money on these projects we can barely get field trips we beg teachers fellow teachers to go out and coach volleyball and coach cross country and coach tennis and the concept is get a sense of normalcy back get kids back to the basics and be kids again and teach them okay because what happened for two years of on in class out of class online learning no online learning all that stuff and i don't want to protest i i don't I don't want to protest because that honestly also will bring out an element of, of people that might be genuinely concerned and it'll bring up people that again are using it to kick a political football through the goalposts. We all dance a little bit around these issues and I'm dancing around it less now. I admit that. I admit that. Um, but I, I, I think the two problems a parent has is was I made aware that there's something that is controversial religious based or sexualized in my school those are three very i mean are we in the world where you that's not a valid question for a parent to ask i don't think so so is every parent aware that there's this performance it's a performance it's not a reading so it's not, these are high school kids and how ostracized is a student made to be or feel if he or she wants nothing to do with it I don't think that that I don't I can't. What am I going to cast judgment on a 14 year old girl or a 15 year old boy? Because they're like, well, that's not really for me because this isn't what we're supposed to be doing in schools. We need to build bridges of mutual trust. OK, we need to understand this is not some radical concept. We are. I, I used the phrase earlier. We're a pluralist pluralistic society. And I want to respect the freedom of everybody in every group. Pursue your faith. Have your distinct way of life. Um, what what uh, what makes us different brings us closer together. Foster those ties, bind us together. I just talked about community out of the gate. Toronto proper is religiously diverse, ideologically diverse. We're not going to agree on everything. So how do we coexist? You show respect for everybody despite their differences. And right now, we're going to have parents that think the school's not respecting them, and we're going to have schools thinking the parents are out of control and not respecting us. But I would say this, the parent has the kid a lot longer than the school has. The parent continues to love, support, care, advocate for all of that long after 
somebody teaches them a grade nine history class or a grade 11 English class. I love some of my high school teachers. If I saw them today, I'd, I'd want to spend hours with them, thanking them for the influence they had on me, for giving me a, a, like a shot to the butt when I needed it to do things. It's such a brief time when you're a parent. Like this makes me emotional to talk about. I'm in that window now with a 17-year-old and a near 15-year-old. But I know this. We entrust kids to go to school. And there are everything. So here's our, here's the expectation. This is all I have as a parent. It's all I ask. Teach my kid the basics. Make that the ultimate priority at the school. And if my kid encounters anything of a controversial religious or sexual nature, well, I get to choose whether they're part of that. I get that choice. That's it. That's all. That's all. Again, it, it, there is a separation of church and state, but that doesn't cover. That doesn't seem to cover everything. I'm glad we don't have the Lord's Prayer anymore. That ticks some people off. I'm glad we don't do that. I'm glad we don't ostracize people who don't want to stand for O Canada. If that's not for you, I'm not saying love it or leave it. You can go in, out in the hallway. You can sit in your desk. I got no problem with it. So I think we all are a lot more similar than we are different. But we're all over the place with, hey, if you don't like what I do, as opposed to just supporting what I do, if you don't like what I do, and if you don't do it with me, I don't like you. And I don't know when that happened. I have no idea when that happened. And there's a lot of sides to call out on that. There's a lot of conversations to have about where we got there. None of this is radical. So this is not, none of this stuff to me is right, left, center, any of it. How do we trust each other? But we're way far away from that with school officials and with parents right now. I know that. They know that. And it's only going in one direction in a worse way, not a better way. So, I, I listen, I hope it's peaceful at York Mills. I really do. I hope it's it works for the people that want it to work. <laughs> I don't want chaos and mayhem and disorder at that school today. But I know there's going to be a protest there at 11 o'clock. We'll see where it goes.